0: Praise the Lord. Church, you are welcome to another Sunday to celebrate uh, a family month. What a pleasure. Let us pray. Our precious Father, we will thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your goodness. Thank you for families. And we thank you, Father, for being so much in love with families. Father, we commit today into your hands the message of today, for that that it will bring blessings to every family. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Before I go into my message, there's an important information I want to pass to us since this is family month. uh, This article is from... um, the Laws and Crime published on this on July 1 uh, by Jerry Lamb. This will benefit those of us that have little kids that look for babysitters. So we have to be very careful. People will pick. Praise the Lord. He says, Mom, found three kids unconscious after babysitter showed them how to snuff pills using a rolled Roman noodle cup lid. A mother of three in Indiana said she came home and found her three children unconscious after their 24-year-old babysitter had allegedly taught them how to sniff pills, authorities said. Then I fast forwarded. A child services worker told police that the stories from the two younger brothers matched the 15, because the, the baby started you know, telling lies, match the 15 year old account. Now these kids were 8 and 9 and 15 years old. The worker also noted that they were familiar with. Bird, Bird is the babysitter's name, as DCS had previously removed all three of her children. All three of her children, they removed from her because of her her bad behavior. So when questioned by police, Bird allegedly claimed the three children, one of whom she referred to as a whore, must have gotten into her pills on their own, saying that she never gave them anything. She added that the children like to snoop. When giving free free rein at her home, she also denied that either of the two young children was ever unconscious. So the reason I'm reading this is that, please, if you are looking for a babysitter, I would advise that you go through the agency agency that uh, can, you know. Um, uh, Can screen them. Sorry, yeah. Can screen them, so that when you get from there, you know that you are getting the right the right people. Praise the Lord. I also want to share, you know, our program for, for this month. Um, pretty soon they're they're going to put on the on the notice board there. They want to make it bigger, bigger than this. So um, on Thursday, this coming Thursday, being July 6, we are going to. Sorry, being July. 13, we are going to uh, treat a healthy boundaries of love. Healthy boundaries of love. And then the next coming Thursday is going to be health and awareness. Stress and healthy eating. Importance of uh, screening. And then the last Thursday is going to be love and respect in the family. So I will... Advice you to all to introduce a Thursday's a program and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Now today we are going to continue with from where we stopped last Sunday. Uh, this, this is going to be part two of uh, building God's uh, kind of marriage in our homes. Part two. Again, our team remains the same, being motivated by God's love. First 1 Corinthians 16.14 that says, let everything you do be done in love. Everything we do as Christians, God wants us to do everything, you know, in love, being motivated and inspired by God's love for us. Then we, 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 we look into Ephesians 5.1 that says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. That's the reason we should imitate him. Every parent here would like their child to imitate them. So... God said, imitate me in everything you do. So do as I do. Praise the Lord. Now, 1 John 2, 6 says, not just by saying, I I am intimate with God, but by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. It's not by saying it. You have to practice it. It says by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Not just by saying it, but by practicing it. If the the the, the version which I gave them says, uh, if we say we live in God, we must live the way Jesus lived. If we say we live in God, we must live the way the same the, the same way Jesus lived. Then NLT says those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So First Peter two twenty one says. This is what you are choosing to do. Christ gave you an example to follow. He suffered for you, so you should do the same as he did. So we are asked to follow the example of Jesus Christ. In other words, we are to imitate Christ and model our lives after him. The word imitate means to emulate or copy the pattern life set by Christ. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay. I think I didn't, the, the next uh, I think I missed the, the Bible the, the, the Bible passage. But it says well let me just read. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Jesus said, the son can do not. I cannot do anything by myself. Okay, it's, it's, it's right there. The son can do nothing by himself. But what he sees, the father do. Whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So this is telling us something. That we cannot just depend on ourselves. We have to emulate Christ. He is the light. He came to show us light. So the key to every successful marriage, and that's going to be my topic today, submission and love. So the key to every successful marriage is submission and love. And God has made it very clear how we can use them to build a happy married life. He did this to bring peace and harmony in our homes. But unfortunately, the issue we have with submission is that most Christians, most of us here, including myself, we listen to unbelievers. We don't take submission so seriously. And then, isn't, isn't it strange that unbelievers would dictate for us how to run our homes? And God has told us that the things of the Spirit is foolishness to them. You know, I've heard so many people say, well, look at this man. He's washing plates for for his wife. Is he a slave? His wife has made him a slave. But instead of him to continue what he's doing, he begins to listen to what people are saying. Are we here to please people? Are we here to please God? God has told us to submit. We are going to go through it. God has told us to submit to one another. I'm going to explain that Ephesians 5.21 so that we will be clear. Submitting to one another as unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the unbelievers will never understand because they are spiritually discerned. Thus everything about submission and love is spiritually discerned. If you are not in the spirit, you you cannot submit. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But people who who aren't spiritual cannot, can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. And this is why this is why when, when you begin to read that uh, Ephesians 5, when you get to 18, 18 when Paul stress to be filled, that we should all be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should all be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he now come down to 21 and began to tell us about submitting to one another. Because he knows it's not something we can do out of flesh. You won't be able to submit to one another out of flesh. It has to be spirit control. Praise the Lord. So what is submission? Like I pointed last week, is putting God's desires above your desire. Putting God's desires above your desire. When someone tells you not to submit, you begin to ask yourself, would that please God? Is it what God asked me to do? It's not what that person asked you to do. You do what God asks you to do. If God asks you to submit, then you have to submit. Because you're not submitting. You see, the, the, the issue is this. When, when, a, when a wife is submitting to... for her husband. Praise the Lord. So submission is not of the flesh but of the spirit. This is why Paul prepared us in, in, in verse 18, advising us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now tell me how can unbelievers understand anything about submission? And yes, they do advise us, they do tell us not to, that we are, we are hopeless, we are stupid, you know, washing our wife's clothes or doing things, cooking for, you know, helping your wife in the kitchen. I like the way NLT captioned verses 21 to 33. says, spirit-guided relationships. You see, it's a spirit-guided, not flesh-guided, but spirit-guided relationships. Galatians uh, 5.25 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit leading in every part of our lives. So we shall allow the Spirit to lead us in every part of our lives. So what is God's desires in our marriage since we define submission as putting God's desires above our desire, above our own desires? Number one, that wives should submit to their own husbands. To their own husbands. Number two, that husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. That's Christ's desires in our marriage. And that when we do this, So submission in marriage has a bad criticism in today's world. Many people have the misconception that submission to a man is demeaning. Unfortunately, some Christians think the same way. Some people do look down on submission as if it were something degrading or humiliating. Surprisingly, the Bible has has many instances where Jesus submitted to his father and we are directed to imitate him. So if Jesus submitted to his father, we also should submit to one another. Praise the Lord. I'm going to share just a few scriptures where Jesus submitted to his father. Matthew 26:39, 39, here it says, Then Jesus went on a little further away from them. That is, this, this is the that's, time for him to be crucified. Then Jesus went on, on a little further, away from them. He fell to the ground and prayed. Jesus prayed because he was about to submit. He saw that what is going to happen to him would be kind of unbearable. So he prayed. He prayed. My father, if it is possible, don't make me drink from this cup. But do what you want, not what I want. So submission is doing what God desires. It's not what you yourself desire. Christ said, Father, do what you want. Whatever you desire, it's okay with me. Praise the Lord. Matthew 26, 20 42, the says, then Jesus went away a second time and prayed. Again, he prayed. He prayed, my Father, if I must do this, if, if I must do this, and it is not possible for me to escape it, then I pray that what you want will be done. Praise the Lord. What you want will be done. The Father's desire has to be done. Mark 14, 36 says, he said, Abba, Father, you can do all things. Don't make me drink from this cup, but do what you want, not what I want. Praise the Lord. So we've seen that submission is not easy. It's not something you can do out of flesh. It's something you have to do prayerfully. We saw here Jesus was praying because he was about to submit to his father's will. So wives, Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands just the same way you submit to Christ. Why? Verse 23 tells us, you know, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. This is very important. You see, you submit to somebody that, that is over you. God was over Christ, and Christ submitted to him. And the husband is the head over his wife, and she has to submit to him. Praise the Lord. This is a divine order. It is a divine order. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the, of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. So it is important for, for we to understand how the church submits to To Christ. Because when we know that, that's the same way wives should submit to to their husband. Wives, honor God in your marriage by submitting to your husband. That's what he's saying in verse 22. The Apostle Paul exhorts Christian wives to be in submission to their own husbands. The possibility of fulfilling this, like I said, is in verse 18. That's the possibility, being filled by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians uh, 5.18. And don't get drunk with wine. Our magical son read it so clearly and was so perfectly done. Thank you very much. And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. So when verse 21 is saying that we should submit to one another, all he's saying is that now that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we should be able to live a submissive life. We should be able to live a submissive life. In other words, be able to submit to one another. You see, submission and love is very important. Like I said, that is the key for for us to enjoy our marriage. So the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to make us more like Jesus. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 5, I'm not going to... Go back to this because my time is. I, I'm, I'm not going into my message really. It's when a wife submits to her husband, she is doing it for the sake of Christ. He's not she is not doing it for the sake of the man. And this is this is where we have problem because you want the man to love you before you submit, or for or, or for for the for the for the woman to submit before you love. No. No. That's not. That's, you have to be done pari passu. You do yours. as as I'm doing mine together. And then we all benefit from it. So she's doing it out of love and devotion to the Lord who out of love for her submitted out of out of love for her, submitted himself to God and in obedience sacrificed himself on the cross of Calvary. Out of obedience Christ sacrificed himself. He submitted to his father's uh, desires. So Christ's love should motivate us to submit to one another. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 12 to T.P.T. says, We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation unto Jesus who brought it faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection? His example is this because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you will be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, our joy for the Father are submitting. The joy you derive from you know, your submission is that you are doing what God wants you to do. Because you are not doing it unto the man or unto the, unto the woman. You are doing it unto God. So you are doing things to please God. And this is where Adam and Eve failed. They obeyed Satan rather than obeying God. They did what Satan asked them to do and not what God asked them, asked them to do. You know that when husbands and wives submit to each other in love, it reflects the gospel because it demonstrates the very idea of laying down one's wants. You are surrounding your wants, what you want. It's no more what you want, but what God wants. You are surrounding your wants, need and selfish desires for the good of another person. So why should wives submit to their own husband. We saw that because husbands are responsible to fulfill the role of our Lord Jesus Christ in the marriage as the head. That is in Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the the wife, as also Christ is head of of the church, and he is the savior of the body. God in his creation made submission a divine order. When he created Adam, he made it very clear to them, to Adam, that he was obligated to live in submission to him. In Genesis, we, saw that. we see that in Genesis 2:16 uh, to 17. And the Lord God commanded uh, the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So, husbands, praise the Lord. So, in Ephesians 5:25, the Apostle Paul now begins to address husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He already to be this way. Husbands, love your wives the same as Christ loved the church, the same way. Christ loved the church. That is the same way husbands should love their wives. And gave his life for it. And the reason of, his, of, of for his death is, you know, is seen in verse 26. To make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Praise the Lord. Now Christ says, since I am going to make the church my bride, I will make them holy so that I can easily have a relationship with them. You know, God said, my eyes are too holy that I cannot behold iniquities. So holiness is the nature of Christ. So He has to make us holy in order to have a relationship with us. You can imagine, how can you have a relationship with someone that is, you know, is is dirty? You don't want to go close to to that person. And that was the state we were. Sin made us dirty. Sin made us to be stinking. And God said, I can't, I can't stand it. My eyes I can't stand it. So what did Christ did? He brought us, cleaned us up, cleaned us up, washed us with his word, so that we'll be holy enough for him to now relate with us. Praise the Lord. Hebrew 12:14 says. Walk at living in peace with everyone. And walk at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. That is, without holiness, you cannot see the Lord. So holiness is very important. And this is why Christ made us holy. Holiness is not only a possibility for Christians. Holiness is a requirement. Christ says, be you holy for I am holy. So it is a requirement for us to be holy. Holiness, the difference between God's holiness and ours is that God is inherently holy. While we become holy in our relationship with Christ or to Christ, we can only increase in practical holiness as we mature spiritually. Praise the Lord. Leviticus 20, 26 says, you must be holy because I, the Lord, I am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. But Ephesians 5.27 says, And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That is the church that was dearly. Christ removed all the wrinkles, all the bad aspects so that he can now have a relationship with us. So we can now be qualified to be his bride. Christ made us to become what he is so that he will have relationship with us. Through his death, he removed stains and wrinkles of sins from us and we became shining church, no more timid. But bold. You see, this is this is the way. Now, this is the way the church, I mean, uh, uh husbands supposed to love their wives. It's not trying to criticize her, it's not hitting her, it's not making her to feel timid. And in our in a, in our counseling, marriage counseling, we do teach that you look at your, your spouse or your wife's to be her weak points. Because everyone has weak points. You look at her weak points, don't capitalize on that weak point. Try as much as you can to bring her up. Try as much as you can to clean out the weak point so that you know you'll be able to have good communication with her. Because when you keep focusing on somebody's weak points, you are not only destroying her, but you're also destroying yourself. Because you cannot see anything good about that person. Praise the Lord. I'd like all the men to read the verse 28. Verse 28. All the men. Praise the Lord. You see, when you're loving your wife, you're loving yourself, your own body. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth and put perfume, put everything, you know, you want to look good. That's the same way you're supposed to treat your wife. Make her look good for you. If you know those things, you know, she, she likes, get it for her. Make her look good. As she's going, you'll be admiring her. You know, you watch her back, you admire her back. You watch her front, you admire her her size everywhere. You keep admiring her, and be very proud of her because this, like Passimana, I always say, is my wallet too. <laughs> I remember one of uh, uh, the couples outing we attended with Brother Chris, Chris Onyechi and his wife. One weekend to remember. We. Uh, we, we lodged in the hotel for three days. During the breakout session, the teacher said, God will be surprised to see us present to him the same woman he gave to, to us. You see, when I gave you this woman, when I, when I gave you your wife, her face was so smooth, but you are now presenting her to me with pimples and bumps on everywhere. You know, it, it, would be like, uh, it would be like the wicked servant that was given a uh, talents and then he buried his on the, on the ground. He didn't want to touch it. Husbands, make your wife look good. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. There are two important points in this uh, very passage of the Bible. This passage is not making a happy marriage for yourself. It's not about you. It's not about making a happy marriage for yourself. It's about pleasing God in your marriage. It is not about you, but about God. If you understand this, the submission will be very easy. So when we begin to say, well, when I submit to him, you know, he's... you know, he's going he's gonna to puff, puff up. No. It's not about him. It's about God. You are not doing it for him. Even if he is not responding the way he's supposed to respond. You are not doing it for him. You are doing it for God. One well, spouses seek to honor God in their marriage by fulfilling their God-given roles, they will be blessed with a happy marriage. So when we do that, play our own roles the husband plays his own role the wife plays her own role then there'll be joy in the marriage praise the lord hebrews 11:6 you can just say but without faith it is impossible to please god to please him for he who comes to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him one of the ways you can express your love for God or diligently seek God in your marriage is to honor his word about marriage is to honor him with this submission John 14:15 says if you love me keep my commandments and Luke 6:46 says but why do you call me lord 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 and not do the things Which I say, so it's not what you do, but I mean it's not what you say, but what you do that counts. So, how does Christ love the church? Paul says that Christ's love for the church is the model for husbands' love for their for their wives. So, it's important that we understand how Christ loved the church. Christ's love was expressed most fully when he gave himself up for her. In other words, he loved the church sacrificially. He loved the church unconditionally. That is love. The greatest example of love we will ever see is the sacrificial death of Christ for the church. Consider what Christ could have done or said about the church. Instead of laying down his life, he could have subjected us to criticism. He could have pointed out our weaknesses, which are many. He could have outrightly condemned us, rightly dismissed us as an unworthy bride. But he picked us from the junkyard where we were, all in mess with sin and cleaned and washed us with his word to make us holy and proudly call us his temple. What a transformation that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The former sinful simple, simple thinking church is now the aroma of Christ. According to Second 2 Corinthians 2.15. Do you know what the aroma of Christ is? It means that wherever you are, you know, Satan cannot come close to you because the, that aroma will scare him. So we are carrying the aroma of Christ. And this is what Christ has made us. So the church, he picked from the gutter and he has put his aroma in us so that we will all reflect him wherever we are. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians 3.17 says, uh, 3, 17 says God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So when Christ looks at the church, he has only praise, he has only commendation and he has only encouragement. He never criticizes us. We are people who are very weak and have tons of problems who sin daily and he never criticizes us. We are now his adopted children, according to Ephesians 1:3-6. Says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All because He sees us wrapped in Christ, into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts, for and in love He. He chose us before he he laid the foundation of, of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Five and six together. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus the anointed one, so that this tremendous uh, love that cascades over us will glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great joy. You see how much God loves us? The same love he has for Jesus, that is the same love he has for us. And he said that he did this with pleasure. It's not something he was forced to do. So husbands, when you're loving your wife, don't let anyone force you to do that. Don't let your wife force you to do that. Don't look at him uh uh-huh. Look at Christ. Look at what Christ did for you on the cross because of you. Because of you. That will motivate you to love, to play your own role. And the same thing with the, with the, with the wives. Look at what Christ did for you on the cross. And that will motivate you to submit to your own husband. So who will condemn God's elect? No one. Christ Jesus is the one who died and is now at the right hand of God, interceding. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that's Christ's love. Not just a staring sacrificial death, but what the death accomplished, removing from us forever. God's condemnation. I'm going to fast forward because I've seen my time is uh, The husband is supposed to concentrate on his God-given responsibility to his wife and leave the fulfillment of his wife's responsibility to her and God. So, like I said, don't worry about what she's doing. You have to concentrate on your own. So, possible ways to express love. So, possible ways to express love to our wives. What are the possible ways to express love? One, by performing acts of service. There's nothing wrong with if your wife cannot make breakfast, you make breakfast for her. Pay a bill before your spouse gets to eat. You know, you know, most uh, most women when they go. Uh, they, they, they will take you to shopping. Your, your, your wife will take you uh, to shopping, and then they see what they like. And then she, you know, she doesn't have the money, but she just say, can I put this on layaway, and then she puts it on. She just puts in a little, a little, a little money. You know, with two eyes, she be eyeing you. You know what you should do? Go, go home with her. The next day or two days later, go and pay off that thing she she put on layaway. And surprise her with that. You will see how much she will love you. Praise the Lord. Your wife comes back from work. She's tired. I went to prepare food. Stop her. For that day. There's nothing wrong with ordering food. For that day, so that both of you can sit down quietly and enjoy it. Don't make her go cooking when she is tired. Your yeah, wife. Okay. Another way is by expression of appreciation and gratitude. Some of us take our spouses for granted. Because they have been married, for, married her for, for many years. And she does something for you. You cannot even say thank you. You can't say thank you. Just grab it. And see if uh, you are know, right. You grab it, take it from her. That's a quote from uh, Lost Pat Perrot. He said, Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgiving. Just a simple gratitude can transform common days into thanksgiving and turn rotting jobs into joy and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. Praise the Lord. I always say thank you to. I mean, always say thank you to your spouse for every day task that may seem mundane. Write a thoughtful card, note, or letter, like a sweet note of thanks, and hide it where she can easily find it. Ronald Ronald Reagan used to do that. She would write a lovely letter and tie a rope on it, and then when you get to the end of this rope, you will smile. So do things to make her to belong. To always think about you when she's not around you. Not when, when is that a home? No, she's not. He's not. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. And then she, she begins to, because that's the only time, she, you know, she has have freedom. Yeah, give your spouse a break. You come back and see her tired you can ask her to take a break. Cook special dinner sometimes. You know, I love to cook. My wife knows that. I love to cook, and so many many times I do surprise her with my. I the way I cook, I just I I, I don't I I make my when 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 I when I make oh, I don't want to I don't want to. <laughs> I don't, I don't want you to salivate. (laughs) Yeah, praise her, praise her in front of your kids. Your kids who want to see you praising their mother. Not always to, you know, tell your mother, talk, talk to her anyhow in front of your children. They won't have respect for for her. But you begin to praise her, they will see that, and they'll carry this over to to their, to their own family. Praise the Lord. This is what I tell people what your spouse did for you. I've seen some men, they come to where their fellow men are. They start criticizing, criticizing their wives. You begin to wonder, has this woman ever done anything good to, you know, for this man? I mean, for, you know, has this woman ever done anything good? They start criticizing, talking everything bad about, about, about uh, their, their wives. Take your spouse on a romantic uh, date. If you if you if you watched uh, our brother uh, Chris and his wife last Thursday, they were talking about this. My 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 daughter Ozo, uh, o- 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 I didn't know she was. Uh, she she tuned in, and she was. That was what she was telling her husband. You know, did you hear what they said? That you should take me to a romantic. Uh, Date night. Uh, so is that the only thing you heard? <laughs> yeah. Always present her with gifts. Mother's Day, Sister's Day. It's not only Christmas or birthday. Or, sometimes you go, you go out to see a card, an card, that says good thing about her. Buy it and give it to her. By touching her in a gentle and compassionate manner. Brother Chris, they touch this. Touching. I know Brother Mubu lo- loves this. Now, how does the church submit to Christ? The church submits to Christ obediently. Obediently. So we should submit to one another obediently. The same way the church submits to Christ. And that's what we are asked to do. Christ, first man, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Church. So James uh, 4, 7 says, So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the the devil and resist him, and he will flee in in, in agony. So the church submits willingly. The church submits willingly. Submission cannot be forced. You cannot force your wife to submit to you. Neither can your your wife force you to love her but must be voluntary. It has to be done voluntarily. Christ did not force the church to submit to him. That's because submission is not the same as subjection. Subjection is an action taken by the one with authority, whereas a submission is an action taken by the one under authority. Christ was under authority. The church is not in subjection, that is being completely controlled by by Jesus. We haven't been ruthlessly conquered by him, nor the church has been won by Jesus Christ, so we willingly should submit to him. We acknowledge his right to rule, we acknowledge his overwhelming love, we respond to his spirit, and we arrange ourselves accordingly. So, we are not under subjection, but under submission. Philippians 2.14 says, Do everything without complaining and arguing. and arguing. Do everything without complaining and arguing. So, the church submits to Christ confidently. You have to have confidence. There has to be a trust. In any marriage where there is no trust, that marriage is in the verge of collapsing. Because if you cannot trust your spouse, then I don't know. So the church has confidence in Christ. Remember Joshua 1.9. Here he says, remember I commanded you to be strong and brave. Don't be afraid because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Confidence. Have confidence. The church Submitted to Christ completely. That's not like a partial submission. Like in a marriage, we say that, you know, marriage is not 50-50. You do 50%, I do 50%. It has to be 100%. If you put in your 100%, then you have to put in 100%. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust the Lord completely and don't depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, Think about what he wants and he will help you go the right way. Don't trust in your own wisdom, but fear and respect the Lord and stay away from evil. Praise the Lord. I can't believe I'm done. So you see see how important uh, submission and love is. In our marriage, and it's, it's very unfortunate. Like I said, many people overlook it. They think it's a manufactured uh, thing by you know by men or by women. I was telling someone the other, the other time. You know, I used to think when you talk about the word "born again," born again. Before I became born again, I used to criticize it a lot. But being born again is not man-made word. Being born again is what Christ said. He said you must be born again. So why do people of the world quarrel with that word born again? Because they don't know Jesus. And the same thing with submission. The same thing with love. Practicing love is not easy. And this is why we have to be in the spirit to be able to accomplish it. Submitting to your husband, it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy. look at it. It's not easy. that a wife will submit to her own husband. But it's not something you have to do out of flesh. It's something you have to pray. We saw how Jesus submitted to, to his father. He prayed much as he wanted to do otherwise. But he said, I'm going to do your will, not my own will. And he prayed about that that God will give him the strength. And this is where we all fail. We have to pray that God will give us that ability to be able to submit to one another, just as he has requested. And you know, God cannot ask you to do something you cannot do. He knows and he, gives, he, 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 he equips us. He always equips us to do things that we please him. Just like uh, Philippians uh, 2.13 says, That God is the one that puts it in us to do things that we please Him. Praise the Lord. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for the way you think about your children. You've made everything so simple for us. In this area of submission and love, it's so easy, but we make it so difficult for ourselves we tend to think of what people will say not minding what you yourself feel how you feel about us after this is why we are asking that this in this family month that you touch every home every home and give us that ability to be able to submit to one another just like you told us in ephesians five twenty one. But as we do this, we do it unto you, not unto ourselves. But I may this continue to be in my mind as we submit to one another. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name.